bringing you the latest in tax credit news, this is Tax Credit Tuesday with your host, Michael Novogratik. The legislative challenges have been significant. We very much need legislation. we got to produce housing. We're still in a very volatile industry. It's a challenging atmosphere for almost anyone. We can't get all these mixed signals and messages. If he doesn't have a bipartisan bill, nothing's going to happen. Alternative energy is still very expensive. Hello, I'm Michael Novogratik, and this is Tax Credit Tuesday. Today is Tuesday, October 24th, 2017. Before I get into this week's news, I'd first like to thank Representative Ted Tiberi for his 17 years of service in the House of Representatives and for everything he has done for revitalizing communities across the country. As you've most likely heard by now, Representative Tiberi announced last Thursday that he will not be seeking re-election next year and will in fact leave Congress by January 31, 2018. Many of us know Representative Tiberi as a friend as well as an advocate for community development through public-private tax credit programs. As a member of the Tax Writing Ways and Means Committee, he's been a tireless supporter of the low-income housing tax credit, new market tax credit, and historic tax credit. In 2015, Representative Tiberi was named the 2015 Novograd Journal of Tax Credits Federal Legislator of the Year. He's also been a frequent speaker at Novograd conferences over the years. I know I speak for my fellow colleagues in the tax credit community when I say that Representative Tiberi will be missed in Washington. Now the good news is that for at least a little while, he will continue to serve and help the Ways and Means Committee navigate tax reform through turbulent legislative waters. Tax reform threatens many public-private tax credit programs, and the broader community takes comfort that he's there at the center of the negotiations and debate. After leaving Congress, Representative Tiberi will continue serving Ohio, as he'll be taking over the leadership of the Ohio Business Roundtable. Representative Tiberi, if you're listening, thank you for your service. We look forward to continuing to work with you through tax reform. We also look forward to working with you next year in the next chapter of your service. Turning now to our podcast this week. This week marks 31 years since President Ronald Reagan signed the Tax Reform Act of 1986 into law. Last Sunday was the actual 31st anniversary to the day. You may see my tweet on that. I had a nice little picture of President Reagan signing the bill, along with Jack Kemp, prominently in the background. Among other things, the bill created the Low Income Housing Tax Credit, and it modified and continued the historic tax credit at its current 20% rate. Now, 31 years later, Congress continues working to enact the first major tax overhaul since the Tax Reform Act of 1986. And, I know you've heard by now, the Low Income Tax Credit is one of only two tax credits retained in the current Republican tax reform framework. Now, the fact that the credit is retained in the framework is a testament to the program's track record. It also reflects the affordable housing community's efforts in making sure lawmakers know the importance of keeping it in the tax code. However, the historic tax credit isn't in as good a shape. Right now, most would say the historic tax credit and the new market tax credit as well are on the outside looking in. In today's podcast, I'll talk about the big step the Republicans took last week toward enacting tax reform. And in other news, I'll share some insights from the CDFI Fund's new market tax credit program manager, Bob Ibanez, on when to expect 
2017 Allocation Awards to be announced. I'll wrap up today's podcast with other tax credit-related headlines, including 2018 Local Housing Tax Credit and Bond Caps, as well as the unused Local Housing Tax Credit carryover amounts for 2017. If you're ready, let's get started. In general news, Congressional Republicans took one major step forward last week to enacting a tax bill. The Senate passed a fiscal year 2018 budget resolution and reconciliation instructions on Thursday. That would allow them to pass tax reform or major tax cuts without Democratic support. Senate Republicans would be able to advance a tax bill with just 51 votes instead of the 60 typically needed for major bills. Now remember, Republicans control the Senate with a slim majority of 52 seats. The Senate passed the $4 trillion budget resolution last week on a vote of 51 to 49. And, significantly, just before final passage, the Senate added a number of changes to its budget resolution at the request of House leadership. As you'd expect, it was a mostly party-line vote. The only Republican who voted against it was Senator Rand Paul of Kentucky. He said the budget spends too much money. This bill now heads to the House. You may remember the House passed its own version of the fiscal 2018 budget resolution earlier this month. Now, given the inclusion of the House requested changes in the Senate bill, I do expect the House to pass the Senate version of the budget resolution this week. And once both chambers pass a final budget agreement, the House Ways and Means Committee will move forward with tax reform legislation. As always, I'll keep you posted on any tax legislation updates in future podcasts, as well as on Twitter, albeit being limited to 140 characters. Turning now to community development news, we now have better insight into one of the most frequently asked questions we get from our clients. When are the 2017 New Market Touch Allocation Awards going to be announced? For the answer, we're going straight to the source. We'll hear directly from Bob Ibanez, the New Markets Tax Credit Program Manager at the City Five Fund. Bob was a guest speaker at our conference last week in Chicago. That was the 2017 Novogratic New Markets Tax Credit Fall Conference. I know many of you were there with us. Now my partner, Brad Elphick, interviewed Bob during one of the sessions, and this is what Bob had to say about the likely timing of the announcement. Based on where we are with the Amos development, and where we are with um, pivoting to phase two, uh, I think it's highly likely that we will not be making, just to be clear, not be making an award announcement by the end of the calendar year, but very, very likely that we'll be making an award announcement in the first quarter of calendar year 2018. So there you have it. Don't expect 2017 award announcements before the end of the calendar year, but do expect to find out early in 2018. Now, Bob explained that the timing is largely dictated by the status of the CDFI Fund's implementation of its Awards Management Information System, or AMIS. The CDFI Fund introduced AMIS a couple years ago and has been gradually moving more of the application process to it. Bob compared the transition to AMIS to building a car at the same time you're driving it. Bob told conference attendees that the CDFI Fund is pleased with how quickly the tax credits allocated last year are being rolled out. You may remember, last year was a combined round with a record $7 billion in new markets tax credit allocated. Here's what Bob had to say about how quickly those are being deployed. Um, 
you know, I kind of took a peek at the QEI report, the Qualified Equity Investment Report for October before I came out here, and it looks like the credits are moving rather quickly. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you guys are all numbers people, I'll defer to you, but I came up with 49% um, of what had been, uh, what had been uh, authorized uh, has already been finalized according to that report. So uh, I, th I thought that was quite impressive. Aside from featuring specific program updates from the CDFI fund, the conference also focused on the future of the new markets tax credit in light of tax reform. The new markets tax credit, as you know, was not specifically mentioned in the Republican tax reform framework. As I mentioned in previous podcasts and earlier in this podcast, there were only two tax credits explicitly retained in the framework, the long-closing tax credit and then also the research and development credit. This means that advocates of every other tax credit left out of the framework are working hard to get those programs included in a post-reform tax code. On the New Markets front, the New Markets Tax Credit Coalition is leading the way, and you can go to its website if you're looking for how you can best advocate for the New Market Tax Credit. Their website is www.nmtccoalition.org. As lawmakers shoot for a year-end time frame to enact tax reform, Several speakers at the conference emphasized the importance of the next few weeks for efforts to extend and expand the New Markets Tax Credit Program. There was plenty of activity during the conference covering many aspects of the credit. Now, if you've missed it, if you weren't at the conference or you were there but didn't see all the sessions, the conference audio will be available for purchase through our website in a few weeks. Also remember, you can register now for the Nürburgring 2018 New Market Tax Credit Conference in San Diego. That'll be January 25th and 26th. Go to www.novaco.com for more information. Now let's turn to other headlines this week. Looking at HUD, the Trump administration on Thursday announced its intention to nominate Lynn Wolfson as HUD Assistant Secretary for Congressional and Intergovernmental Relations. Wolfson served HUD during the Bush administration, so he has some experience within the Department of Housing and Urban Development. This position is subject to congressional approval, so it's unclear how long it will take to get that approval. In local housing tax credit news, the IRS last week published the 2018 inflation-adjusted amounts for low-income housing tax credit and private activity bond caps. And the amount that's allocable have went up. That's good news. Local housing tax credits went up about 2%, and the per capita bond caps went up 5% especially good news on the bond cap, given the production and demand for bonds in this day and age. Now, more specifically, the local housing tax credit in 2018 will be the greater of $2.40, that's up $0.05 cents from 2017, multiplied by the state population, or $2.765 million. That's up $55,000 from 2017. Turning to private activity bond volume cap, well, the cap for states will be the greater of 105, up 5% 5 from $100 in 2017, times the state population, or $311.375 million. The $311 million is up about $6 million from 2017. If you're interested in seeing the specific revenue procedure that announces these amounts, it's Revenue Procedure 2017-58, and we've posted it at www.taxcredithousing.com. Also last week, the IRS published, as they do every year, the amount of the national unused low-income housing tax credits. 
These are the credits that went unused by allocating agencies and in turn get reallocated agencies that did fully allocate all their credits in 2016. These amounts are generally attributable to small amounts that states or allocating agencies have remaining at the end of an allocation year that they can't efficiently reallocate. The additional amount available for eligible allocating agencies is fairly small. It's $2.75 million of tax credits. And there are 32 eligible agencies that will share in that $2.75 million. As such, the per agency amounts aren't all that large. They're as low as $6,800 for Vermont to a high of nearly $427,000 for California. In other news, and it's disaster related again, unfortunately, HUD has announced relief to those affected by recent wildfires in California. HUD will speed disaster assistance to the state of California and will provide foreclosure relief and other assistance to households in federally declared disaster areas. And on a similar note, the California Tax Credit Allocation Committee issued a memo that permits owners of low-income housing tax credit properties to make their properties available to those affected by the state's wildfires. This is similar to the provisions for those affected by Hurricanes Harvey and Irma. And you can see the memo at www.taxcredithousing.com. And if you have questions about low-income housing tax credit compliance following a natural disaster, you can contact my partner, Jim Kroger, in our Walnut Creek, California office. Turning now to historic tax credit news, we now have formal confirmation of what many of us historic preservationists already knew. Fiscal year 2016 was a record year for the historic tax credit program. This documentation is per a recent report by Rutgers University and the National Park Service. Specifically, in fiscal year 2016, they're reporting $5.9 billion was incurred in qualified rehabilitation expenditures to help resurrect historic buildings and historic districts. In total, 1,039 buildings were rehabilitated and 109,000 jobs were created. The annual report on the economic impact of the Federal Store Tax Credit for fiscal year 2016 is available online. You can find it at www.historictaxcredits.com. And I would encourage you to read the report and share its details with members of Congress. We also have some good news, historic tax credit good news, at the state level. The West Virginia legislature last Tuesday passed a bill to increase the state historic tax credit from 10% to 25%. Now, provisions of the bill would expire December 31, 2022. House Bill 203 will now be sent to the governor for consideration. And if you have questions about this program, or using historic tax credits in your state, contact my partner, Tom Bosha. He's in our Cleveland, Ohio office. Well, that brings me to the end of this week's report. Please don't miss our special 10th anniversary edition of the Novigrad Tax Credit Tuesday podcast airing tomorrow. That's right, tomorrow. Tomorrow marks 10 years, if you can believe it, since the first Novigrad Tax Credit Tuesday podcast aired. I'll share highlights from the past decade as well as excerpts from our very first podcast featuring then-CDFI Fund Director Kimberly Reed. You don't want to miss it. Also, be sure to tune in next week for a Tax Credit Tuesday episode on why community development tax credits should not be combined as a single program in tax reform. This is something some lawmakers have suggested. And that's it for now. I'm Michael Novogratik. Thanks for listening. 
This weekly podcast has been brought to you by Novogratik and Company, LLP. Archived discussions are available online at www.novaco.com forward slash podcast or by subscribing to the Tax Credit Tuesday podcast in iTunes. Novogratik and Company, LLP is a national certified public accounting and consulting firm with offices nationwide. Learn more about our professional services at www.novaco.com.